Welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast with me, James Hammond. Every Monday, I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you, designed to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We are cracking on with Canada, and we're into Nova Scotia for this week's episode, and we're covering Cape Breton, which is right on the east coast of pretty much the mainland, and the next bit would be sea and then Newfoundland. Today we're covering Inganish Beach and Chetacum, which are either side of the island, and we stayed for two nights on both sides. Following on from the last episode, we camped for a night in Port Hawkesby, which was a classic Walmart stop, which are free. You can use the facilities in Walmart until they close. They usually close 10 or 11 p.m., and then you're on your own for the rest of the night. Very quiet night indeed. Then we moved on to Cape Breton the next day. It was a two-hour drive to our first stop, which was Inganish Beach on the eastern side of Cape Breton. And it's cool going over the bridge to the island because obviously Cape Breton is an island and it kind of breaks away from the mainland of Nova Scotia. And it's great to be back on island life. And it took two hours to get up to the east coast and check into our campsite. Our campsite is a national park campsite. They are run by Parks Canada and it's a usual $28, $29 a night. And it's right by the beach, a fantastic location and easy to set up. We had a bit of a flat ground, not many people there, a little bit open, not much shade. The weather wasn't too bad and we got set up on the campsite. The classic rule for us booking campsites in Canada is not booking them at all because online there's a registration fee. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. So if you book any campsite for any length of time, you're probably going to pay $11, $12 online just to book it. But there's no fee if you turn up on a day and get a campsite. Obviously there's a risk to that if you don't get one when you turn up because it's full but mostly at this time of year or it's during the week you are going to get something and there is a plethora of campsites available for unserviced so we took an unserviced and next to us was a building but luckily and sneakily they had a couple of charging points so we used them to our advantage and got things charged for free result our first venture into the local area was middlehead point this is what it seems to be on the map and online an easy trail and it is it's not like hard or steep but it's quite long but it's worth doing you park your car up by the hotel there and you walk straight out into middle point and you get to the end where there's some rocks and you're literally looking out into the ocean as blue as it comes all the way around you look to your left there's Inganish town as well the, the campsites to the right of us 360 degree views but just make sure you're a little bit careful because they are big falls into the sea the rocks do kind of just be there and then drop straight down there are signs dotted on the trail that you need to be careful and stay on the trail because you can slip and fall down the rocks into the sea and that's not good for anyone is it so make sure you stay on the trail get to the end and it probably took a good hour to get there after admiring the views of Inganish Beach which is to the right and then Inganish Town which is to the left they also have their own little private little beach that's where made in the houses are and they sort of come out onto the sea we walked straight back to the car and chilled out at Inganish Beach for a little bit of a sunset. 
the tide was coming in, so we didn't have much beach to play with. And it's got, I think they're probably building this beach. It's got a lot of stone, mounds with stones, and some works going on down the beach. But you can find a little bit of beach, put your chairs there, and enjoy the sound of the waves. Clear, crisp sand, the blue waters, the surrounding areas, idyllic, perfect. Nice evening there. Had a fantastic breakfast with the local potatoes that we bought in PEI, beans and all that. Welcome to the Camp Life Hamo breakfast. This is local potatoes picked up on a farm as I drove past. $5 for a huge bag. Part boiled them, fried them up. Look at them. Oh, unreal. Onion, mushroom and pepper all fried together as well. Some shit veggie sausage and some brilliant Heinz British style baked beans. And to finish off, some Canadian coffee. Cheers. Love cooking a breakfast on a campsite in the morning. Then we headed out onto the Cabot Trail to go and drive some more. And we're going to keep to our side of the island and drive up and then back again. The first point of interest is called Lackey's Head Viewpoint. Quite a few cars parked here, so we parked up, walked onto the rocks, and we got speaking to a Northern Irish couple, quite an older couple who lives in Toronto. They've been in Canada for 20-odd years. Just talking about how great Canada is, so much to see, great views. And this viewpoint was awesome Just again see as far as the eye can see blue everywhere quite high up so it's a fair viewpoint in terms of looking out into the sea didn't see any animals we don't think maybe saw a seal maybe but a real nice stop off point to kind of have lunch or have a coffee and admire the views then we cracked on our aim was to go to Dingwall so the name is also the same in Scotland Dingwall they have a beach there and um, judging from the map you can drive into the town and walk to the beach so we drove into the town but the paved road ended by this house so we didn't want to risk the car going on the road which is a bit more stony or a bit more traily like so we parked the car up got our lunch and walked and it took about 10-15 minutes on this unpaved road which actually in hindsight was not that bad and walked onto this huge beach it felt like scotland feels like being back home dunes were there cold water sand a little bit of wave and just greenery left right and center and no one there probably saw four or five people and it felt like we got to almost to the end of cape breton at the top had lunch there and just real nice weather like mid-20s a bit of a wind uh, do wear some sun cream because it's been down quite a bit but the waves were nice the beach was nice it's just an idyllic setting well worth the stop when we drove to dingwall we saw a place called neil's harbour which is an area where you can park your car up and have some lunch, a small little town or village if you like. We thought, oh, do you know what, we'll check that out. So we drove back down, got into Neil's Harbour. There's an IGA there, so you need to get some snacks or some fresh food. You can go to the shop. I think they're open until 7pm. And then we saw this like little lighthouse. So we're like, oh, can we drive to that lighthouse? So we found a road, drove down, just paved. And on this lighthouse area is also another restaurant, and they serve chowder. So combined, you've got this like little green head, by the sea, got a lighthouse to your right, you've got a restaurant to your left, and we thought, oh, why not park there and have some lunch? The lighthouse is actually an ice cream place, so you can get an ice cream there. And the chowder place is called The Chowder House. And they don't just do chowder, they do fish and chips, everything. So we've got a portion of chips, sat on a bench with our lunch, and admired the views, which is green grass below us, town to the left, sea to the front, and a lighthouse behind us. Just what I feel like a classic Nova Scotian look. The houses were all colourful, red, blue, white, all this sort of stuff. Got a picture of the town, so you look back onto the town. 
an awesome little spot for a bit of lunch and ice cream if you want to get one afterwards. A bit windy, but no dramas. Lots of people there, chilling out, enjoying themselves. Would highly recommend Neil's Harbour. On the way back, I did have a cafe marked on the map called Sally Rose's and Periwinkle's Cafe. They're on the road by a church and you can park anywhere near there. Parked up, got in there, had a coffee. Nice, cute little cafe there. Lots of like bakery options. The coffee tasted great as well, but you can sit outside actually and just watch basically traffic come by. The sunny day just made it idyllic to sit outside. We actually sat inside because we needed a bit of a break from the sun. But if you're just passing by, go and support a local business, get a coffee from those guys, you won't regret it. And I was on the way back to the campsite for the evening. Next day, we checked out of our campsite and we're going to go to the left-hand side, the west side of the island, near Chetty Camp, which is probably the biggest town on Cape Breton. It's more of an Acadia feel there, I think, um, from the people who live there. And it's about a two-hour drive there in total to the next campsite. And it's a, still a Parks Canada campsite just on the other side. So we got out, had breakfast, got out on the road on the Cabot Trail. Now, the Cabot Trail is one of the things to do in this area. And I reckon all the way around, we're going anti-clockwise, it's probably going to take three to four hours if you don't want to spend all day doing it, but with a few stops as well. So we thought, well, you know what, we have two nights on one side, two nights on the other. On this part of the island, you do climb up to the mountains. So we climbed up in the car, took our time, a few stop-offs on the way, and got to the campground and done the same trick again. Unreserved, unserviced, got in just fine, parked up. Now, the big difference I realised from this campground is there is a lot more mosquitoes or midges flying about. And when I went to check in to speak to the guy, absolutely hounded by them everywhere and I can see why he had a window which was kind of covered so he doesn't get mosquitoes into his little office but first of all I was like ah oh, that's not really nice because the campground before had nothing like that at all so that was the first little shock if you like from this side of the island got our stuff out and went out back onto the Cabot Trail the main aim of this day was doing the Skyline Trail it's about another 10 minutes drive back where we came and this trail is a five mile loop and it goes right up to a viewpoint overlooking the highway that covers this part of the Cape Breton island and it's idyllic scenes. It's fairly flat. You do go down and up a little bit. When you get to the end, you have to go down to the viewpoints and try and get round as much as possible. But awesome views, 360 views. You see all the cars coming. You see how the road's been built into the side of the mountain, the ocean to the right, and you can just about maybe see a flickering of a village in the distance for Chetty Camp on a clear day. Highly recommend it. It probably takes one to two hours, fairly flat. Take some snacks, take a drink, and take some sun cream. This is a patron shout out to Laura from the Swamp Soup Stickers, who has contributed five pounds to the podcast on my Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it, and it helps the podcast to keep going in the future. If you're interested, head to the show notes where you'll find a link to my Patreon. The website address is patreon.com forward slash Podcast. For five English pounds, you will receive some trendy stickers from myself and the post, a shout out on each episode, and also my digital travel planner by email. Thank you for your support. Make sure you prepare well for this. And parking wise, we got a spot. I can imagine in the summer, it's going to get fairly busy. So get there early if you can, or times where people don't do it. I'm not sure what time that is, but I think they close 4.30 to 5pm. On the way back from this awesome little hike, we stopped off at a local cafe called Freya and Tor. Just something in the area that we wanted a coffee just to hang out around outside. So we got a coffee, sat down, and we were treated to some local 
or non-local if you like, Irish sort of fiddle, folky music. And that entertained us for about an hour. And next to us was a pond and it had a blue heron in it who was trying to eat some stuff. And it was just a nice little place to have a calf. A lot of locals come in, sat down, had a coffee. We noticed with the locals in this part of Cape Breton is they switch between English and French in the same conversation. Don't know why. Maybe it's easy in one or the other. That's what it seemed to be doing quite frequently. So we had that experience with the locals, with the music, and really enjoyed the coffee. And I would highly recommend this place just before you get into Chetty Camp. You must go there for a coffee. Local. And the brownie I had, oh, out as well. Get me another one right now. The weather was starting to turn, so we got back to campsite. It was starting to get a bit cloudy, a bit rainy, and we saw on the weather forecast that the day after is not looking great. And in the evening, we felt like people were not staying because they started to come in, started to get windy, started to get a bit rainy. And therefore, we thought, oh, maybe people are just sacking this off because it's on a weekend too. After a rainy and windy night in the van, we decided next day, we can't do too much outdoor stuff, so we're going to check out a local town called Chetty Camp. It's the biggest one on the island. And we drove in. First of all, we thought, okay, we'll get a coffee first at this awesome little independent cafe called Marguerite. And they kind of sell souvenirs and have a cafe in the same store. It's got a retro look. 70s vibe when you sit down and have your coffee and again the locals who obviously work there and visit there flick between the two languages nice little coffee sat down done some podcast work and it's definitely raining outside and a bit windy this is a town that if you need some supplies they've got an IGA they've got some restaurants as well also some pubs so there's a little bit more going on there if you need that sort of stuff and it's only a 10 minute drive from the campground came back to campsite and the place where the campsite was for us was not great for internet so we sort of parked by the visitor center had a bit of an afternoon just doing nothing really went back to the campsite and we found that our tent had blown away onto another bench that was a bit of a drama even though we pegged it down so the wind was getting up the wind was getting worse and we realized that people were starting to leave and starting to not really stay at all and by the end of the day i reckon maybe only three or four cars were on our patch of grass where it could easily fit 20. So people have sacked that off and it really was quite bad weather. We managed to get into a part of the campground to cook our dinner, which was covered and it's in like a, a room with benches. We'd done that, cooked our food, had dinner, but another night with rain and wind in the camp van. It's kind of nice to hear that and I've got used to it for sleeping, but obviously if you're a light sleeper, it's not great because obviously the rain hits the car pretty hard. We thoroughly enjoyed Cape Breton as a whole east and west side i can't pick a favorite they're pretty cool both got their own things going on i would recommend four or five nights of hopefully good weather if you're more flexible in terms of time maybe wait out if you've got a rainy day and do a sunny day next day but yeah five nights would be pretty cool there you can see all the things drive the cabot trail do some walking trails hikes some views some little towns feel the acadia vibe as well a fantastic area to get stuck into so after that we checked out the campsite we made our way west into a place called Truro which is fairly close to Halifax and we took about a three to four hour drive got to Truro the cafe is called the Great British Grub and they serve all the classics that you can imagine we had breakfast there chilled out but went to another cafe for a nice coffee called Novell Tea Coffee House I had some comfortable seats in there but it did feel like a Sunday it felt a bit grey a bit sleepy not much going on, but we got, had a bit of a chill day, got down to Truro. So we finished our Cape Breton adventure at Walmart in Truro for another earthy free night. Had a McDonald's, 
and it was fairly quiet there before we made our way to Halifax for the next episode, which is for about three days we booked in an Airbnb. So that will come next on the podcast. Cape Breton is a must-do in Nova Scotia. You do feel like you got to the end of Canada there because the next bit is either Newfoundland, which is a boat ride away, and you get that from Sydney, which is not on Cape Breton, it's another part of the Nova Scotia mainland. Or if you're going the other way through Quebec, you would have gone all the way around the mainland to Labrador. Uh, that's obviously at the further east. It's a heck of a drive that, and it wasn't part of our plans. But for us, we felt like we got to the end. And the very important message here for this podcast is we decided not to go to St. John's. We weighed up all the pros and cons, the ferry prices, the ferry times, how long it takes, the flights, if you want to go and fly, how much it costs to rent a car, taking our van. All this came into a bit of admin one day and we said no it's too expensive Canada's is too expensive for these things if you don't have money or you're on a bit of a budget it was a ridiculous price to get over there and we thought you know what we will do that another time if we're in Canada on the east side it will still be there just not the right thing to do at this point in time for our road trip with USA coming down the line so we said no no St John's I'm sorry Newfoundland it'll be another time it feels like that would have really completed the road trip but I think we're both happy with that decision because of the price of it. So next, we're cracking on to Halifax and then going into New Brunswick and then round the border to Maine. That's kind of the next part of the route of this podcast, of this series. And for now, Cape Breton is a must. Beaches, viewpoints, trails, little towns, Acadia feel, great campgrounds, great roads. What else do you need? Go and check it out. And I hope it inspires you to go to Cape Breton. And I'll catch you next time. Cheers. Hey, yeah. Just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast and other stuff. Thank you.